and Grace watching Stargate. They made a podcast that's on iTunes that you should rate. Nix is a super fan. Grace is pretty new. Kaylee the Thorgy will help them make it through. Bartender Nick is here to make them drinks. As they reference random pop culture things. Crying out loud, they'll put a smile on your face. There's no place like Tara with Nix and Grace. Welcome to episode 182 of There's No Place Like Terra, a Stargate First Watch Rewatch. I am Nixie. And I'm Grace. And today we are covering Atlantis, season one, <laughs> episode. I wrote over my same notes from the last one and it said eight. And I was like, definitely That's not, not eight. eight. Um, before I sleep, a.k.a. weirdest birthday gift ever. <laughs> Which one, the pot or a duplicate self? Yeah, well, yeah, seriously. I don't know what's weirder. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't have a super decent AKA. Uh-huh. I will come up with one as we go. <laughs> I couldn't think of one. I really, like, hit it oh, on the yeah. head we'll for me. Oh, yeah, we'll find one. This one yeah. was a real quick off the top of the brain box. See what happens. Situation. So before we get into the Stargate. Let's do it. All fires recap. <gasps> All fires. We got a theme song. Um, we uh, Leroy oh. Jenkins our way into a bad situation. Yeah. Well, let's start at the beginning. Mr. Phil and I, I went, All fires. And then Mr. Phil picked up on it, and I was really proud of him. He goes, you'll get caught up in the all-fires. So we found our theme song. Yeah. Yep, yep. And then, and, yes. And I proceeded with going the opposite route, assholes in disguise. Yeah, <laughs> which I think works, too. Um, we got to a dungeon, and then I went, hey, we should stealth. Well, we weren't in the dungeon well, yet. Well, we got to a The steps. location, yeah. Yeah, we got to the location. And we got to the steps, and I went, hey, should we stealth? And then the rest of us, I think, miscalculated where we were or in the grand scheme of the map. And so everyone went, nah, and I went, okay. Yeah, I will be honest, I legit still thought we were, like, a day's journey away from uh, where we were going. Yeah. Mistakes were made. Mistakes were made. Shit hit the fan hard. Um, we basically did a legit five or six hour battle and we're not done yet. Yeah. It was tough times. And um, everyone's out of everything. At some point, everybody was on one side of a rope bridge. Uh-huh. And uh, one character was on the other side of a rope bridge with uh-huh. three giant bad guys. Yeah. Um, that was interesting. Yeah. Um, and, and everyone's sort of out of shit they can hurl. We're, Everyone's out of spells. We're running and they're chasing. We're running and then we're chasing, but we, our 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 tank, uh, Muck, Nick's character, was the last one to leave because he's the tank and he got the last hit in. He can't. The the orcs can run faster. That's what guys. Orcs are faster. So we ended than half orcs. We ended the session with us. About to try to ambush the two orcs, but coming around the corner, Muck just fell unconscious. Yeah, super hard times. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fine. I'm gonna run over and go to healing drought. We're just gonna keep running. I'm hoping I can be on the opposite side of the orc and give him a healing drought so he doesn't hit me, or I can keep my invisibility up. Because I still haven't gotten I, ruling I, from I, DM Jesse on we'll, that. We'll, we'll find out what the DM... 
so rules. The, but I think the way we're going to play this out is I'm going to go back and fight shit and hold them off so yeah. you can get Muck out of there. Well, and they will all run. Yeah, again. well, the thing is, I have currently cast invisibility on myself because I was on the ground with three orcs over me and I'm like, <laughs> Sam's going to die. This is not a good time. Uh, yeah. So as soon as someone healed me, I, I cast invisibility and got the fuck out of dodge. I was going to do inflict wounds, but uh-huh. I was like, invisibility is better. And so technically I'm still invisible and technically invisibility lasts until you cast a spell or attack. I am feeding him a potion. So it's technically neither. That is from my alchemical satchel. So technically isn't casting a spell. That's fair. Which is why I'm like, it is DM's ruling. I'm fine with either. I'm going to go give it to him anyway. It's just more of, do I have a possible attack of opportunity? I will should say we did d- do some cool stuff. We did some really neat things. We knocked a couple. Uh, uh, well, I'll say, Danae, my yeah. character, tripped a guy into a pit. That was cool. <laughs> uh, that was fun. Our wizard cast grease on a couple of bad guys, and then Sam got to lit control fire. fire and like moved to the fire from the brazier and then lit the grease on fire. That was that cool. Was cool times. That was a cool visual. At the end. It was it was an interesting situation. It was it was. We a almost thing. lost our cleric twice because he's bad at ropes. Yeah, he's not. He's he's a little he's, he's a little kobold. A, he's a tiny little kobold who's scrappy. He's he, and he needs to listen to his mistress. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's so, that's where we, we have are. a cliffhanger currently. We will. It's let the y'all second. Know. It's the second time we've had a cliffhanger. Um, with the same character. With in the peril. same character. Uh, I'm gonna have to pause. Just keep going. Okay, I'm here. We're going. Um, these are. I don't know why we're pausing, but this episode is brought to you by the letter purple and uh, it's involving a dog and the number grass. The number orange, and that's what life is about. Um. Guys, let's talk about Weir's birthday. I know there's going to be more that goes into this. But, hey, for my birthday, never get me a duplicate of me because we've already learned that I'm going to kill it. That the minute I see something and I know that it's me, it's going to die. Yeah, we've already covered that. So, how she she decided against killing this old lady, I don't know. Okay. Okay. I realized I didn't put lipstick on today. Um... Okay. Stargate. February 18th, 2005. This episode is written by Carl Binder. Binder. Binder Binder. Roger Roger. <laughs> Roger Roger. <laughs> Directed by Andy Mikita. The show title, episode title, comes from a Robert Frost poem. Oh. It's actually one of my favorite poems because one of my favorite poems is Fire and Ice, uh, which I based my senior... Fun fact, I based my senior show in college on Fire and Ice. What's a senior show? Oh, because you have a design degree. I have a design degree. Got it. So I did... God, that sounds way more fun than what I have to do. <laughs> I did a museum. Uh, we had this part of the museum that we had to do a piece in, and so I did... Uh, I did, among other pieces I had, but I mean, two big pieces were inspired by the poem Fire and Ice, and one was the destruction of the earth that formed the moon, and one was destruction of the earth as the sun was destroyed. Wowza. Because fire 
The earth being destroyed by ice. Did you write a a nice a song of ice and fire? I did. Is that what I'm hearing? I did. I did. Nixie wrote a song of ice and fire. I'm actually Germ. Germ. So it's this the oh my gosh. The The title title of this poem is. This episode came from the poem "Stopping by Woods on a Snowy Evening," and if you thought I wasn't going to recite it, you're wrong. Damn. Whose woods these are, I think I know. His house is in the village, though. He will not see me stopping here to watch its woods fill up with snow. My little horse must think it's queer to stop without a farmhouse near, between the woods and frozen lake, the darkest evening of the year. He gives his harness bells a shake to ask if there is some mistake. The only other sounds the sweep of easy wind and downy flake. The woods are lovely, dark and deep, but I have promises to keep. And miles to go before I sleep. And miles to go before I sleep. Okay. Yes. I pictured. Uh-huh. A regular horse. Yes. And then a baby horse. <laughs> yes. A miniature horse, if uh-huh. you will. Uh-huh. A little Sebastian. I was going to say, is his name Sebastian? <laughs> <laughs> and that's the one who's like, what the fuck are we doing here? Uh-huh. uh-huh. Okay. Okay. This is why I'm not allowed to read poetry or do because serious things. Because when it things. says my little horse, it's literally because just a little Sebastian. I am the asshole that giggles during a performance of like interpretive dance or something like that. Yep. Or like, like you know how there's always the uncle who's going to make a fart sound? Uh-huh. I'm the asshole who laughs. I'm usually the asshole that makes the, the fart, fart sound. sound. <laughs> there was plenty of time last night. I will admit to this being my fault. <laughs> where domestic partner boyfriend DM Jesse. DM got a little annoyed at us a couple times. Was like, guys, <laughs> I'm trying to tell a story, and I was like, crossfire. <laughs> he's trying to talk, and we're being like, is there this? Is there this? And he goes, like, let, me let me fucking explain this. Can I please tell the story? And he's absolutely right. Completely. And we're a bunch of fucking we muppets. We are muppets. And we don't deserve him. <laughs> he's a we much just don't. DM that we deserve. Yes. We deserve the asshole who TPKs us uh-huh. and doesn't give us a story. To be and fair, he might still TPK us. I mean, if I were him, I would have TPKed us by now. If my Sam ever dies, I'm going to be very sad. Yeah. Okay. So we start this episode on the balcony. Mm-hmm. Uh, John and SG1. I'm SGA1. Mm-hmm. SA1. What are they going to call this team? Because they haven't really, like, mentioned a team name in this. I know there's one that people frequently use, Ah. but I want to see if we can come up with our own. Team. Let's see. What are their last names? Shepard, McKay, Ford, and Taylor. Well, Taylor's it's Taylor Amagan. Oh, right. We never really find out if Amagan. Some people think that's, like, the title, but I think that's just her last name. Anyways, they're about to go explore some of the city. But Team Sean, Fams. Team Fams? <laughs> that is stupid. We're not doing that. Lantis One. Lantis One. Okay, so they're going to explore the city. But first, John has a birthday gift for Weir. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a either hand-thrown or hand-carved. I can't quite figure out which, but pot he got from the Athosians last time he was on the mainland. Um, and she's very thankful. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little annoyed. That John somehow found out when her birthday was. <laughs> but he's not telling how. So, do you fall under that camp of people? 
Or there's like, no. I feel like there's always two camps of people. They're like, hey, my birthday's coming up, or that don't tell anybody it's my birthday, people. Um, I am under the camp of those people who I care about knowing when my birthday is will know when my birthday is. Mm-hmm. But I'm also not someone who people need to know the exact date. Fair. Like, not in terms of trying to keep it secret, but it's right. like, hey, if it's celebrated around my birthday, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we're one of those, like, don't tell anybody it's my birthday yeah. people, which I know there's many reasons for it, but yeah. I've never understood it. I, and again, it's not like I try to keep it secret, but it's also, yeah. I try not to be like, do shit for me, look at my birthday. It's yeah. more of like, hey, those people who know me Whereas know I'm it's... like, hey, birthday, <laughs> 30 days away, countdown is on. Yeah, more of like, I mean... Uh, all of the month is my birthday. Nice. It's fine. Yeah. Just it's forever my birthday. Yeah. Birthday forever time. Exactly. <laughs> so from the control room, McKay is watching the rest of his team investigate the city. Yeah. Uh, they found some living quarters. McKay is looking to upgrade. <laughs> do One bedroom, door. den, yeah. maybe a balcony. Oh, yeah. Game room. Game room. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Ford has found something. You know, they'll design their own 8-bit game. They'll find the tech to build Pong. Oh, are you kidding me? I wouldn't be surprised if Zelenka and and McKay have already designed a video game. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> that goes around the city. Yeah. Um but Ford found another lab, which uh-huh. you're like, "Oh, another lab." Ooh, yeah, McKay's sort of like, "The last city's full of them. Who cares?" 7,000 labs. But this one has a unique feature. In form of frozen lady. Creepy frozen dead lady. Yeah. It's the, it's the, um, nope. Okay. (laughs) I lost my thought and I was like, nope, it's not coming back. Yeah, there's a frozen lady there. So there's that. Mm -hmm. And credits. It's the Halloween lab. Thank you. That's where we're going. Yeah. 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 Gotta have a creepy lady. Um, so we have a meeting of the minds now in the lab. Mm -hmm. McKay wants to get her out of status. Estasis. Stasis and yeah. wake her up, and Carson's like, I don't know if she's gonna survive that. Yeah, she, she may die immediately. She's not like completely frozen, it's sort of metabolic stasis, mm-hmm. so she's still aging but very slowly. Um, and according to McKay, she's been in that chamber for about 10,000 years. Holy crap! So it's weird to me, like, I feel like Carson's the one who should have the information that McKay does. But I guess he's just there for, he's like a, a sciencer of actual humans, yeah. whereas McKay's the one who understands the science behind, like, how you put the body in stasis. Yeah, and, and I think if you look at sort of Carson's, I, I think in terms of Carson may have that knowledge, yeah. yes, but in, in terms of Carson's actual sort of science background he's much more like genealogy well even he's messing with genes it's it's you know he made the ata gene he's right i've always gotten the thoughts of um that while he is completely obviously completely confident capable of being the chief medical officer of doing anything that that would come across right his background his past is much more of a um study and research 
That makes sense. More so than like Janet. Than practical application. Than practical. Obviously, he's complete. He's fully capable of doing yep. all the actual practice, but he was. He would also be happy in a lab yeah, doing he's research. He's happier doing research, whereas Janet would be like, fuck, yeah, more research. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So. I have to write this paper where I would rather just be doing the thing yeah. that the paper is about. And yeah. that Carson's like cutting edge medical yeah. breakthroughs type stuff. Got it. I'm so. with you. McKay doesn't think they can let the chance of talking with a living ancient slip through their grasp. Yeah. Again. I'm kind of on the side there. Looking to John. Uh-huh. Remember that time you fucked shit up? Thanks, bye. And John eye rolls. <laughs> Carson's like... Ah, I mean, who knows if her brain's gonna be a little, like, freezer burned. <laughs> Uh, also, she could be yeah. con- holding a contagion. We don't know. That part's true. Maybe she has smallpox. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's the kind of shit we'd have to worry about now, right? Let's yeah. say we found a frozen human from whatever time ago. I mean, listen, did you see the original X-Files film? No. Oh, okay. Never mind. That's my problem. Yeah. I have problems. That, I don't know things. That don't... Yeah. The bubonic plague. Yep. Well, they froze it. They unfroze an ancient, and she had some disease even earlier in SG One. Oh, right, that lady. That lady. This is not our first popsicle human. <laughs> popsicle Atlantean. ancient. Yeah. Uh, and McKay's like ZPMs. Maybe she knows. Yeah. We need those. Uh, and Weir makes the call to revive her, and they all wonder if she was left behind. Was she willing or not? <gasps> was she chaotic evil? Maybe she's chaotic evil. Ah! Super villain that Maybe they this is the horror episode. Uh-huh. Oh, and then she just kills them all. Yeah. And Damn, that would have been interesting. She won't remember anything at all. And she's like, oh, they all died. Just kidding. I killed them all and I'm coming for you. <laughs> ah! So outside the uh the stasis chamber, Carson is monitoring her and finds a note in her hand. Uh, Weir opens it and McKay recognizes that it's five gate addresses. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of them actually is one they've been to before. And he lists it off and it is the planet with the kids. Oh, right. They had the ZPM that they stole and went, oh, just kidding. We shouldn't steal that. The Finding Neverland kids. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, and, and the woman opens her eyes. Everyone like waits. And, like, watches her. And I'm like, that's a really creepy way to wake up. Yeah. Ah. Just everyone standing over you looking at you. I've been there. Yeah. I've, I've <laughs> had the, the genuine opportunity. It seems a little creepy. It's not fun. No, I can imagine. I do remember one specific time where I still get annoyed at this. Uh, when I first woke up from my diabetic coma when I was mm-hmm. a tiny, tiny human, uh, this woman who was a doctor... At the hospital there, some very busy doctor woman was also a type of diabetic. Yeah. And they woke me up and she's like, hello, I don't have a lot of time, but I'm here to tell you that I'm also a type of diabetic. Jesus Christ. You're going to be fine. And I'm just like, I'm Uh... fucking nine. Go away. Bye. Like, I was just like, can I watch the fucking Flintstones now? (laughs) This is not information I'm able to process at this moment. You gotta not, lady. Like, yikes. Your bedside manner. (laughs) Um, that's what I think. She was also a research doctor. Probably, yeah. Or you know what I think she was is a surgeon. Oh, yeah, no. They don't necessarily have... And I'm like, don't talk to me. (laughs) Um, 
So the woman opens her eyes. Everyone's staring at her. And she can't really, she's not fixing her gaze on everyone. And McKay's just like, yep, freezer burn. Yep. Um, and Carson's like, 10,000 years. Give her a fucking second. Dance a bloody jig. Come on. Yeah. Sometimes when I get up in the morning, I'm like, oh, that's going to be a minute. I'm not, con- like, people have seen me in the morning. You don't. I am, I am a zombie until there's caffeine in my system <gasps> to See, at least a certain degree. I wonder what's easier to manage. Is is zombie or the mode that I get into? I am liable to cry. <laughs> if you say something that's a little too harsh for me, like that early in the morning, I don't have a defense system. Yeah. I, I've Plenty of times Jesse has made me cry when he's like, oh my God, what did I do? I was like, I haven't had coffee. You were mean. Yeah, no, I, I don't. I just, I, I like uh, monosyllabic. Yeah. Sometimes not words. Yeah. Just don't. It's real fun. If you encounter me at the gym. Uh-huh. Don't talk. Don't even pretend to try to communicate with me. It's, I have not had coffee when I'm at the gym. Yeah. It's hilarious. Some okay. of us don't do great in the mornings. No. Um, but then... She starts following the gaze of who's talking, mm-hmm. and she looks out the window at this beautiful scene that you see out the window, and she goes, it works. Or Yay. it worked. Past tense. Fucked it up. That's it okay. worked. It was. Uh, and then she falls asleep. <laughs> so Carson's going to transfer her to the infirmary, and uh-huh. they're going to get a camera on her, because they don't want to miss anything, and, you know. <sighs> right. She's... I'm really impressed that her clothing has been intact for 10,000 years. Well, it's... I mean, it is worn. It is worn. It's been in a stasis chamber. That's true. It's not like it was in the dirt. I mean, she lasted for 10,000 years. Yeah, no shit. I'm also surprised her hair's not longer. Even in stasis. Yeah. Well, there's... Isn't there... They always... They always... A remark on at some point, like everyone's hair has sort of a natural like stop. maximum, That's and it's true. it's going to sort of hit that point, and it's going to slow down pretty dramatically. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the control room, John and McKay are still discussing real Not estate. Me, I'm Rapunzel. <laughs> I wish. Okay. Uh, and they haven't found any other frozen bodies. Mm-hmm. And we learn the fun fact that Atlantis is around the size of Manhattan. Hey, That's kind of big. It's gigantic. Well, yeah. if you think, I mean, it is a full city. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's quite fully the size of Manhattan. It did hold all of the ancients, so yeah. that makes sense. I mean, it is... I'm... My head, I always saw it as not necessarily all of Manhattan, but maybe the north end of Central Park down to the Battery. Like, that chunk. Okay. Not, like, upper, upper Manhattan. No, I want it to be all of it. Okay, fine. It's all like, of Manhattan. Like, I feel like it's the size of it, just mildly less crowded. That's fine. It's all of Manhattan. All of it! It's canon. <laughs> There's a central park. Yep. Within the city. Okay. So, uh, Carson radios that mm-hmm. she is awake again and saying peculiar things. Mm-hmm. Also, I want to mention odd. that <laughs> as we watch this, the blanket that she has over her legs oh, for yeah. pretty much all this episode, it is my personal headcanon mm-hmm. that that was Carson's personal item. Yeah. And it is made from, uh, obviously, local wool. Yeah. His yeah. grandma made it. Something? Yeah. Someone made it for him. Yeah, that's Maybe my... he made it. No, no, no. Someone made it for him. It's my personal, it's my personal headcanon. Someone made it for him while he was studying, yeah. and, like, grandma came over and put it on his shoulders on a cold day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And now it's his favorite piece in the whole wide world. That's basically, that's basically it. And I love the phrase, a wee bit odd. <laughs> a wee bit peculiar. Uh, yeah. So when they reach the infirmary, she's drifting in and out still. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, one oh, weird thing. Uh, she knew Carson's name. Yep. And that's just like part one of the weirdness. Mm-hmm. So Weir walks over to her and she's like, look at you. I didn't think I'd see any of you again. That's not super weird at all. And she missed everyone. Uh huh. And she knows Rodney's name. Is this when I called it? When did I? Because I called it at some point. You I got ca- no, you called it. I think a little bit beforehand. Okay, I was really excited. You called it. A, I think a little bit beforehand in a question mark of is that weird? Yeah. It, again, this comes from my horror story yeah. of like, hey, I'm you. Ah, kill ah, it. Kill it. Stabby, stabby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Weir goes, have we met? And the woman goes, I am you, Elizabeth. Uh, and Weir's like, come again for big fudge? You killed my father, prepared to die. Also, I'm glad I don't have to wear those contacts. Oh, God, those look painful. Yeah. So in the conference room, apparent, I'm going to call her Weir Prime. Oh, okay. I was calling them Baby Peer and Grandma Peer. <laughs> Or Weir. I don't know why I said Peer. But that um, works too. Weir, Weir Prime. Because mm-hmm. uh, she came first. Yeah, makes sense. Um, so, says that she traveled back to when the ancients inhabited the city. And how that's going to be one of the first questions that Weir asks her when she, Weir Prime wakes up is like, yeah. you need to elaborate on that sentence a little more. Yeah. Uh, McKay goes, maybe she's just nuts. Um, he also reminds us that according to Einstein's general theory of relativity, there's nothing against time travel. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just very difficult. Yeah. Because uh, you have to manipulate black holes, We've basically. just not been smart enough yet. Uh, so the general... Same time. <laughs> the general theory of relativity is the one um, that you frequently see where you see, like, the the grid of space and then there'll be like a big a planet. Well, it's a big planet and oh. then it like divvies in like it's like it's a... a like a it's sinking Stretchy in. floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's the uh, general theory of relativity because okay. that has to do with gravity. Okay. And that's the one with black holes and stuff. Okay. And then the special theory is the one that has to do with speed of light. Brain. Yeah. Okay. So general is like the bowling ball look. Got it. Yeah. And the other one looks like. Well, it's just things. Yeah. Okay. That's the, that's the, speed, the speed one. Of light thing. There's it. a there's the fast one and then the heavy one. Oh, I okay. I like it. I like yeah. it. Dex versus strength. Got it. Dex versus strength. Uh, so <laughs> it was stupid. Also, what helps with time travel, John says, is a really nice DeLorean. And McKay's <laughs> like, don't get me started on that film. I mean, it's fun. Yeah, I, McKay is not someone who's going to be able to watch a movie like no, Back McKay to the Future care about and fun. separate out the fact that there's no science involved. Meanwhile, uh, Shepard's just like, hey, uh, oh, I just lost her name. It's super cute. And I'm like, what's her name? I don't remember. Oh, I just lost her name. Yep. So I want to call her Caroline in the City. <laughs> Because that's what else she did. Oh, my God. She wasn't Caroline in the city. She was Caroline in the city. Um, I'm going to find it because it's going to make everybody Meanwhile, mad. Carson comes in. He has finished his DNA test. It is weird. <laughs> ah, ah. Leah Thompson. Leah Thompson. Leah Thompson. Oh, yeah. Sorry. So back in the infirmary, McKay explains to Weir that actually when we got to the city, the city was actually trying to wake Weir Prime up. 
Um, with all the power surges, <laughs> they didn't know. They just saw energy being diverted to a lab, and they're like, shut down all the extra yeah. energy. <laughs> Okay, I'm not laughing at the fact that they had to shut down energy. I'm laughing at what comes next, where McKay's like, we almost killed her. Yeah. I mean, you Yo, almost you killed her. <laughs> you <Yeah>. dick. <laughs> yeah, they shut all the power down to try to save power for the ZPM and didn't. Yeah. Uh, and Weir is just thinking about how odd and weird it is to be looking at an older version of yourself. Yeah, I yeah. mean... Looking good for 10,000. I mean, at my rate, I might look identical. <laughs> yeah, I, there's a picture somewhere of you getting real old. Somewhere. Uh-huh. There's also a picture of me when I'm 16 and I... Oh, I just meant you're Dorian Gray. Oh, yeah. You're going no. full Dorian Gray. Yeah, yeah, no, I have a Dorian Gray. Uh-huh. Uh, I have... A portrait aging in the attic. Uh, I think my hair is the only thing that changes, and that's not by much. It's just yeah. the length of it. So... Um, I've been rocking these bangs since 1986. I got rid of my bangs in, I think, second or third grade. Bangs for life. And I never looked back. This is the closest thing I have to bangs now. (laughs) Um, So McKay points out that how Weir will be is actually different from what Weir Prime is. Because the moment Weir Prime went back in time, she created a whole separate reality. And that runs parallel to theirs. Wow. To hers. Mm-hmm. So, like, she veered off. And so every... Po- because multiverse, every possible outcome to every decision or possibility exists in the multiverse. Right. Which I am the kid that, like, would go into a trance thinking about that. It's like trying to think about eternity. Yeah. It's like trying Infinity. to understand. Yeah. It's like... How, how? Yeah. How? And then what? your brain, and your brain, like, blue screens. Uh-huh, because you can't. And then you have to reboot. <laughs> yeah. That seems about right. So Weird Prime wakes up then and remembers that she had a note to give them. And McKay's like, oh, we already found it. Um, also, we need to know everything about your encounter with the ancients. Give me all of your Starting words. with when and how she went back in time. And we're just like, dude, chill the fuck out. Literally just woke up. Chill. Yeah. After 10,000 years inside a bottle. Wait, that's a genie. <laughs> so we're primed. First- <gasps> Are genies just in stasis when they're inside their bottles? You know, it depends. I mean, like, what was... Did she have a name besides Jeannie in I Dream of Jeannie? Um, no, her name was Jeannie. Okay, well, Jeannie wasn't in stasis. That's right. She had that little fancy couch. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure Jeannie and Aladdin wasn't in stasis either. Because he talks about eternity in a little bitty box. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So it depends. Some genies might be. I feel like they should be because then that's how they get to be exist forever and ever. Well, I know, but they're also, I think, just immortal beings. beings. That's fair. They might be. You know what there probably is? You know what they probably are? And Kaylee's agreeing with me because their neighbors are leaving the house. Uh-huh. Um, there might be ascended ancients. Oh, I like that. They're ascended ancients is what genies are. Genies are ascended ancients. Uh-huh. They are not in stasis. Uh-huh. Got it. Yeah. Thank and actually, coming to our they just talk. shrink down into a pocket universe. And then the, the, I've always thought that the genie bottle is like the TARDIS. 
It's actually pretty big inside. Oh, it's got a swimming pool and a gym, yeah. the whole deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're sense. genies. They get to make their own oh, world sure, yeah. inside the lamp. I would just make a TV. <laughs> just a TV. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, uh, Weir Prime starts to tell her story. Uh, when they arrived in Atlantis, much like we saw in the pilot episode, the city started waking up. And we actually see footage reused from the pilot episode, and it's nice because some of the they they seamlessly n- take new scenes and intermix it with the with the pilot episode mm-hmm. stuff. Um, one big difference, uh, but the lights came on, the air started circulating, but no, but it was home. Power so, didn't turn. I'm just on. kidding, that's not what I meant. So McKay points out in the present time that when they got here, everything came online. Mm-hmm. And we're prime is like, I know. I did that. But that's not what happened when I came through the game. Yeah. I feel and like she this, falls she asleep been again. Like, You're welcome. <laughs> and then she falls asleep again. So in Weir's office, she explains, she's talking to Carson and she's like, I we need I, I understand the risks. I understand that you're not comfortable with it, but we need her to stay awake for longer. Mm-hmm. Um Carson's like, she is super fragile. And the stimulant's gonna fuck with her heart, mm-hmm. or worse. And Weir is like, I don't mean anything. I'm not talking like sticking a needle of adrenaline to her heart. I'm like, give her some coffee. He's, she's like, you've watched Crank? Don't do that. <laughs> she's not Jason Statham. Um, and I kind of know that she can probably handle a couple cups of coffee. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I know me. I like coffee. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, also, Weir knows that Weir Prime would want to stay awake. She's so. probably not even that weak. She just generally needs some coffee. Yeah. Yeah. She might just be me in the morning. Yeah, she's just like, I'm a cranky pants and I can't get all the work So out. Carson reluctantly agrees. Um, so back at the infirmary, Weir Prime is awake, sitting up. Weir comes in with a wheelchair, ready to break her out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it makes me think, how wheelchair accessible do we think Atlantis is? I mean, she gets everywhere she needs to go. She does. But I feel like it's by magic because there's a lot of stairs around. There are, but I'm sure there's back routes. Listen, they would, design, they would not design an entire city that not everyone can get around to. Well, that's true. And I guess you do have to move cargo and things. So maybe she's yeah. just taking like the freight elevator. She's taking the freight elevator. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but they take her up to the control room in the gate room and you just see her marveling at all this activity. Yeah. And how alive the city is. Uh, they've taken everyone in the city and just put it in the one room just for her to get that impact. In the control room, she tells them how relieved she is to see the city sitting at the surface of the ocean. Because, as we see in flashbacks to Weir Prime, the city did not rise when she got there. Um, we see the pilot Sumner call her down and, and seeing the city underwater. And the main difference is is that Weir Prime's shield was already starting to collapse. Yikes. Sections were already flooded. Their NACWDA generators, wouldn't they wouldn't have enough time to hook them up to see if they would do any difference to try to keep any parts of the city safe. Um, the shield is rapidly collapsing, and we actually hear over the radio the waters crashing in that led to Colonel Sumner drowning. What a creepy recording to have. Yeah. I feel like there's real-life recordings of things going down. Yeah. I never want to hear those. No. What? There's no good thing to get out of hearing people die. No. Um, and Sumner wasn't the only one who fell, she Yikes. said. And we, we they also, they can't send anyone through the gates. 
since all the power at the moment is going to trying to keep whatever's left of the shield up. Mm-hmm. Um, a shield that would have lasted for another hundred or so years had they not come over and spiked all the power requirements. Sure. McKay's going to try to get the generators connected to the gate. They won't be able to dial back to Earth, but somewhere else in this galaxy they can go to. Mm-hmm. Um, and John goes to look at the gate ships someone mentioned. And the city, start, the city starts to shake. Dun, dun, dun. In the gate- He doesn't even get to name them Puddle Jumpers. No, they're still gate ships. The entire and all the flashbacks, mm-hmm. if you notice, they call them gate ships. Yep. So in the gate ship bay, John looks at one while four goes to check another. See how many people that can fit into them. Because right now this is looking like this is going to have to be their escape route. Yep. In the control room, two of the piers are flooded and gone. The third one is about to be flooded. John tells him they can fit a bunch of people into each jumper. Don't know how to fly him yet, but he's in one that's a little bit different. It has an extra console in it, so he has Zelenka coming to check it out, mm-hmm. and Weir's going to go too. And McKay realizes something terrible. The city's going into its last gasp, self-protect mode. Dun, dun, dun. And airtight bulkheads are closing all over the city, and people are trapped. Yikes. Trapped in areas where the water is already breached and is already flooding. That's awful. Yeah. So McKay can try to open the the bulkheads or he can try to get the gate dialed. Doing both. He's like, I can get one for sure. I can get the other for sure. But I can't do both. It's a risk. And the city shakes again. And Weird tells McKay that if the ships are going to be their only way out, do not wait to get to a ship. Yikes. Um, at the jumper, Zelenka is looking at the extra console, which we see now mm-hmm. and will look familiar oh. to those of us who've seen SG-1. I did not catch this. Yeah. I'm dumb. Is this the ship that that Jack and them find? I don't know if it's the same ship. Interesting. You get the idea. Obviously, this was destroyed. The same kind of ship. We'll touch on this again later in the episode. Grace, dumb. As you're making connections. There's more connections made at the end of the episode. Okay, yes. Well, yes. That part, yes. It looks familiar Mm -hmm. as the possible time ship that Sam was trying to get working that they had Jack fly home. Yep. Zelenka doesn't know what it does. We do. Oh, my brain just broke. Okay. Zelenka soon finds out, though. Um, actually, Zelenka technically never really finds out what it does. No, they it's just, just weird. Weir does. disappears. Yeah. Weir, well, Weir finds out that it goes back in time, right. but John and Zelenka are killed before they realize yeah. what's fully happened. That's true. So McKay is going to try to get the roof hatch open for in the gate ship bay, mm-hmm. and uh, all the bulkhead doors around the control room now have slammed shut. And we can see from McKay's view, he goes over to the balcony over the gate room, and it is. Cool quickly flooding with water. It's it's waters it's are rising. Bad. It's this is a, this is a bad time. This um, is like the restart the game at your save point. Yeah, uh, McKay and Groden are basically the 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 musicians at the deck oh, of the Titanic. The Titanic. Uh, the waters are rising very quickly, and McKay just focuses on getting the roof hatch open, and it's probably uh, the final thing that he is able to do. Fuck. Uh, we cut back to the present, and the look on McKay's face when he realizes he, goes he died. He full on not Penny's boat is what he does. Yeah, he goes full not Penny's boat. Okay, I hope people get that reference. If they don't, they should. It's okay. 
I that's one of the few again, we know that Nixie is not a hyper emotional person when she watches TV. Yeah. But when I saw Not Penny's Boat, uh-huh. I was in tears. Yeah. Yikes. Um, Weir Prime says that McKay never gave up. McKay Prime mm-hmm. never gave up. Never surrender. Never give up. Never surrender. That might be my AK for the episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and McKay says that, you know, a man wonders how he would choose to go given dire circumstances. Yeah. And now he knows that's got to bolster some confidence. Because he didn't he didn't go out the chicken shit way. Like he didn't go as a coward. He went out as a boss. He fucking faced it and stood there on the balcony and with water others. rising saving the few people he could. Yeah. Get it. And John's like, "Yeah, but you still failed." And yeah, I was that like, part was real fucking shitty. Like super like, mean asshole. Yeah. And I feel like it's like, "Well, you died too." <laughs> God, John Shepard. Like, that troll is over the top. Those are the times I wish he knew his middle name. <laughs> we'll just do what we do to Drake and be like Bartholomew. <laughs> Jonald Bartholomew. Jonald? Shepherd. Well, I feel like you have to add something to it. It's probably Jonathan. No, I like Jonald, okay, like Reginald. His but name it's... is Jonald. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Weir wonders why the failsafe didn't trigger and why the city didn't didn't rise to the surface. She's like, because there was no failsafe. Yeah. It sat on the ocean floor with the Maybe shield collapsing. Bartholomew Shepard. <laughs> So Ford and Carson drowned trying to save people and get them to the ships. And John Zelenka and Weir Prime were trapped on the time jumper. They get the hatch closed just in time, hoping McKay got the roof open. And they hear over the radio that others got to jumpers, but they don't know what to do. They don't know how to fly them. Nothing's turning on. But John's ATA gene um, turned the jumper on. Yay. And I'm going to put the horrible mental image in your head is oh, no. people if we're trapped in a jumper without anyone who had the ATA gene oh oh all I think of is Pearl Harbor yeah oh. because the ship's not gonna those puddle jumpers aren't gonna take on water no they're just gonna yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, okay yeah. I'm done thanks you're welcome Yikes. so uh so John's ATA team turned the time jumper on, and he while he's not an instruction manual guy, he could really use one right now. Hmm. He touches a button, and there's a flash, and they find themselves in orbit around a planet. Yeah. And he presses the button again, and the ship shakes this time, because actually they're under attack now. And in the present, Weird Primes looks like she has a little seizure or something. We f- turn out, we find out later it's like a mild stroke and she passes out. Oh, no. On quite a cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah. Later <laughs> in the infirmary, Weird tells Shepard that Weird Prime is stable, but mm-hmm. weak and getting weaker. And John acknowledges that this must be really weird for you. Yeah. Staring at your own mortality. And McKay comes in realizing that the jumper must have been a time machine. And John's like, flux capacitor! Yeah, and McKay's like, it. no. I feel like maybe kind that's of. the only time travel movie he's seen. Probably. Uh, no. No, he's, he's seen, seen Bill and Ted's. He's seen Bill and Ted's and he's seen, oh, jeezy, crazy, um, 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 hold up. It's a, a, uh, 
It's the one no, with no. the guy. Uh, and the final stuff. countdown. No, the final countdown. That one's on the scene because it's uh, it's about an aircraft carrier. Got it. Um, which is fun fact: a movie my grandmother was never able to comprehend. <laughs> it's actually a fun movie. It's a it's it's 1980, so it's a 1980s modern aircraft carrier okay. that goes through time and arrives in Pearl Harbor in 1941. Oh, sick! Yeah, interesting. It's interesting. It's a fun one. Ah, watch it if you haven't. I'm gonna. Um. So, but John's seen that one totally for sure. And uh, and we're prime is wakes up um in the flashback we see wraith darts firing on the time jumper john wonders how they can shoot back and of course the ship reads his mind and Mm. fires some squid missiles um and another dart fires right at the ship and there's a bright light and the next thing we are knows she wakes up in the infirmary then Janice has healed her and explains to her that her ship was shot down. It was on the ocean floor and only Weir survived. Wow. So McKay and John start bickering about who failed worse in the present time. (laughs) That's Leah. Let's focus on who died better. And my favorite is how Weir is like eye rolling annoyed, but Weir Prime is like, aw, it's adorable. They're back to who they were. Yeah. So Weir Prime continues. She was told that the ship who was in was a time ship, and Janice is the one who built it and eventually took Weir to the Atlantean Council. Yikes, yeah. One of them is Malia. Mm-hmm. Melia. Melia. I can't remember. I'm going to go woman? Melia. Yeah. She's actually the hologram from the pilot episode. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Malia. Sure. Malia. Uh, and the other one is Maros. Okay. Taking a drink. I mean... So Malia explains that they're currently submerged as protection from the Wraith. Okay. And Moros is like, Earth, you say? Yeah, that guy's very into Earthy things. And he ends up going to Earth, right? They all end up going to Earth. So that's how we end up with the ancients here. Uh, uh-huh. The Earths. Got uh-huh. it? Okay. And he's very, like, cranky old man. Yeah, he definitely is. Uh, he wants everyone to get off his lawn. Uh. So, um, <laughs> get off of my under the water lawn. So, uh, Janice is actually more impressed with the fact that the city's still around in 10,000 years. Uh, is more of a pessimist and is like, I really hope you didn't already fuck up the timelines. Too late. We're here now. We did this. Also, we're prime is like, new phone, who wraith? Yeah. <laughs> so safe. I've been watching way too much Brian W. Foster. I apologize. (laughs) In the present, where Prime uh, starts to describe the Wraith, and McKay's like, yeah, you can save your breath there. Yeah. We're good. We got it. We know what Wraith are. So apparently the Atlanteans sent a delegation of their most powerful warships to go and try to negotiate with the Wraith a truce. Guys, you don't negotiate with people who want to eat you. It didn't go... Well, yeah. So apparently, yeah. in the past, the ancients were about to evacuate through the Stargate back to Earth, and they're like, "Hey, we're Prime. Do you want to come?" Mm-hmm. She's like, "Yeah, that's cool, and all. I'd rather go back to the future." I don't think I will. She goes full Captain America. She does. <laughs> um, maybe, like, maybe to the moment that my people came through the Stargate. Maybe, like, with an extra ZPM if you got one to spare. 
Mm-hmm. And Morales is like, yeah, we're done fucking with the timeline. You're going to stay here. Damn it. Um, clearly, he has also issues with the fact that Janice has been experimenting with it. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the council isn't super fond of Janice's like studies and figuring out the ship uh, that Janice like agreed not to build. Mm-hmm. But at this point, they're about to evacuate. Janice is a little bit of a rogue. He is like a little bit of a rogue agent. He is like the best bumbly eccentric like science dude. Um, I am going to put it out there that I am a little bummed that there's not more of a romantic connection with him and Weir. Oh, I kind of like that there's not. I feel like I wish the kiss at the end would have been slightly less chaste. That's all. Yeah. Not like a steamy love affair. Yeah. No, I personally was 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 okay with it. Okay. Cuz I figured I just found him very charming. Yeah, he is just he's he's a crazy, he's like a crazy uh-huh. NPC dude. Yeah. He's a little eccentric mad scientist-y. I mean, you're about to go down for 10,000 years. He's like bumbly. Why not kiss the guy? He's just bumbly British scientist. Yeah. Like professor, mm-hmm. he in like a modern world there would definitely be elbow patches <laughs> and like a bunch, yeah, just chalk still because he's someone who still uses chalkboards, so, just yep. like covered in chalk. Yep, I like it. That's who he would be. Um, and but this point, yeah, they're they're going to evacuate. They're going to leave the city, mm-hmm. and they hope that their kind will return to the city mm-hmm. uh, because look, we're did. Yeah. I mean, people did eventually. It's going to happen. We've now made time travel a thing. Prediction for all of the rest of Stargate. All of it is now all about time travel. The end by okay. Dr. Stargate. Dr. Stargate. <laughs> um, but no. MD. Morrow so, stands and he orders the time ship to be destroyed. My puppy. Dr. Stargate. Orders the time ship destroyed as well as all of the materials related to building it. Mm-hmm. And tells Weir that she can return with them to Earth, but she will not be returning to her own time. Fuck. In the present, Kirsten explains to the group that Weir Prime's body is failing her. Mm-hmm. Every system is reaching its limit, and he's honestly not sure if she's going to survive the night. Yeah, I mean, 10,000 years is a long fucking time for, even in stasis, for yeah, your, there's only so the much human body to hold medicine together. Medicine can do. Yeah. So... She probably at least gets some really good meds, though. Yeah. Just give her a bunch of shit so she doesn't feel any pain. Exactly. So we're That's how I want to go out. Just give me a shit ton of drugs. Just, I want to have a grand time on my way out. Yep. I want to be like the universe. I know every answer to the universe. (laughs) Yeah. Bye. Uh huh. (laughs) Swear Prime wakes up during this, begging to finish her story. She's Uh she's waited so long to tell. Mm -hmm. So she begged the council not to destroy the time ship. And thankfully, Janice was on her side. Uh, They're talking to Malia, and Weir is like, Well, Janice is like, Look, Weir didn't choose to come here. So don't punish her. And make right. her stay here. And Leah's like, look, I'm sorry. I totally get where you're coming from. Um, you, We can't fuck with time more. Like, yeah. we can't send you back home. I, I'll give credit to the ancients. What is it? Moros? Yeah, Moros. And Malia, they're confident. Yeah. 
and they're they've got their facts. They've been and they're here voting before. Yes, and they know what the play. Yeah. yeah, they're like this is what it is. It's what it has to be. They've been here before. Yeah, like, they know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, and. She's like, she's not being punished. This has nothing to do personally against her. This is just, the f- you You can come, you can live with us. We will give you a home. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we will do everything we can for you, but we can't send you back from where you came yep. from. Yeah. Uh, and Weir tells Malia how much her people fangirl, fanboy over the ancients. Yeah. Um, the gate builders, how much they've sacrificed to meet them. There's seriously no way to help. And she's like, I mean, we got our own shit that we're dealing with right now. Yeah, we're literally trying to just stay alive. We can block the Stargates. You can never come to Atlantis. So it's essentially buried. But then, so you wouldn't find the city, but you wouldn't be dead. Yeah. There's that. Mm -hmm. We can do that for you. Um, But we're like, look, we're explorers. (laughs) Yeah. And and I'd rather find it again. Yeah. Um it's no surprise humans are the second evolution of the ancients. They're explorers too. Mm-hmm. It's it's built into who humans are. Yeah. And Janus is still in all that the city survives 10,000 years. Yeah, literally they they were made for this. Malia's like, "Look, I'm sorry. The council's decision is final." You can tell she's she feels this is she's not doing this like as a cold-hearted thing she's like i get it but like we got our own shit to deal with right now i cannot make this a priority yeah um so janice refused to accept defeat he came with a plan behind the council's back Mm -hmm. he's got a shoulder thing that looks really cool and he's here to win yeah he is so he calculated the power that would be needed to expand to extend the power supply of the zpms Mm -hmm. they're designed to run in parallel all three at the same time powering the city but he's calculated how he they can run in sequence, just use one ZPM at a time, mm. cut down the power requirements the city would need while dormant, while sleeping, sure. and and make them last. Which is why when we got here, we have one last ZPM that's mostly the last drained. Of the three, yeah. yeah. Problem though is that the switchover can't happen automatically. Someone's going to have to stay behind and physically transfer the, the which ZPM is turned on. Right. And nice. Weir's like, I volunteer for tribute. Like, uh-huh. that's fine. It's not even a dis- decision yep. or discussion. Um, Janice is called to the control room. One of the transport ships is under attack. And we listen again while the transport is destroyed and 300 God, people are gone. No, I don't like these. So Moros tells them they're going to begin the evacuations. They have to leave now. Janice and Weir go running. Okay. In the present, everyone has fallen asleep besides Weir. And Weir Prime wakes up. And I mean, even if she tells Weir, like, even if I was in pain, we wouldn't admit it. Yeah. Yeah. So Weir wishes they could do more. Weir Prime tells her that she's always worrying. She she knows that we were put so much pressure on herself. And remember what Simon told them after the Baltic negotiation? Just breathe. Jesus. And in my head, I hear that. And I, again, always go to a Lin-Manuel Miranda song from oh. In the Heights called hmm. Pacente y Fit. I can't say it right. What's the word? Um, patience and faith. Uh, Paciencia. And f- yeah. Oh, what is faith? 
don't know. It's, yeah. Okay. But there's two. There's technically one called Breathe, and my head just combines the two, because they have kind of the same. Anyways, I'm going back to Stargate. Anyway, We're Prime. Oh, it's just fair. Oh, I'm not, I'm overthinking it. Yeah. We're That's Prime tells, uh, tells her to enjoy the moment. Um, enjoy what's here now. And, um, Breathe. Yeah. And the, the sun. Live in this moment. The, the breeze. Your birthday. Just stop being so damn hard on yourself because life is quick. Be where your feet are. Yes. So, um, and life, I like how she's like, life is quick and Weir's like, not yours. Yeah. And I, I think Weir needs this. A lot of us need this all the time. Some of us forget this very quickly. But yeah, it's just this idea of like, hey, sometimes it's just okay to like take, take a, a moment. moment. Yeah. Uh, yeah, shit's shitty and you've got to worry about this thing later, but yeah. worry about it later. Just take, to worry about it in five seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. So <laughs> this was Weir Prime's choice. Uh-huh. She didn't second guess it for a moment then, and yeah. she doesn't regret it for a moment now. So oh. the Stargate opens, and the agents start evacuating. And Janice actually tells Malia and Moros that Weir was one of the first people through the Stargate. He's a She's big lying liar. Do you think they believe him? I don't think they care. Okay. I think honestly, I think in this moment, Weir is like an it's like an asterisk. Like they're like fine. They yeah. literally could forget that she was there. Yeah. At a certain point. Yeah. I think even if she stayed on on Atlantis and they knew it, I think at this point they're like fine. They pro they may have clearly fine. saw her at the end of the that's episode. What that's what I'm wondering. Yeah. Like, do they? I think they know. Yeah. It's like, I don't know what these two are cooking up, but at this point, it just doesn't matter. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and he, he uh, Janice touches a few buttons, drifts away, sneaks down the stairs. Uh, Weir stares at the stasis chamber that she is going to spend most of her life in. Fuck. Um, in a deep, dreamless sleep. And he's programmed, Janice has programmed it to wake her up in 3.3 thousand years and 6.6 thousand years to rotate the ZPMs. And then also instructions on how to do that, how to reactivate the status chamber. Also, the computer will revive her as soon as her team comes to the gate again. Except for when we cut the power to things, thanks, bye. McKay didn't. And admits that there is... A very remote possibility that this is not going to work. Yeah. He's programmed to fail safe just in case that happens. Mm -hmm. Um, To protect the city, if the power drains to a certain critical level, that the mechanism holding the city will release and the city will rise to the (gasps) surface. And the city will rise! And the very idea of that amazes Weir. Yeah. So Weir sinks into the control room, watching the last of the ancients leave the Stargate. And Janice also sneaking his research. Mm-hmm. The research that they ordered him destroyed so he could never build another time ship. Guess what? We're he building another fucking time ship. <laughs> and takes it to Earth. Yep. So a time ship. The plans for a time ship are Milky on Way. Earths. So he may make another one that people we know will find. Get it, Sam. So, um... He, well, here he's like, I don't know, succeed. The council will be watching him like a hawk. Clearly he does. Mm-hmm. So Janice has blocked off all the addresses. Only Earth can dial Atlantis. Oh, I love it. So we will be safe. Talk about faith. Yeah. 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 
Um, she says thank you, and he actually thanks her as well because it gives him hope and knowledge that Atlantis will survive another 10,000 years. Yeah. And that we're and her people will discover it. And after a peck on the cheek, she watches as Janice and the last of the ancients leave Atlantis, leaving Weir Prime alone in the city. I love this shot. At the pan out. Um, this is where... You kiss Janice, you just go full on in. You're not seeing another human, possibly nope. for the rest of your life. And she sets the city to slumber, and she steps into the status pod, status pod, stasis pod, Jesus Christ. Status stasis um, pod. Beginning her journey home. Damn. Let's take a minute, okay? Yeah. And actually consider the strength of character that it takes to do this. Um, you know... That you're going to be alone, completely alone, yeah. with no human connection, for the rest of your life. Well, okay, so and the rest of your life, I I understand that you're asleep for most of it, but yes. still. Well, here's my thing. Here's the thing going into it, and, and I, this is the part where I don't know if she fully had knowledge of how the aging process would be, sure. because in theory. Part of your brain can convince itself, I'm going to go to sleep, mm-hmm. I'm going to wake up for a day or two, mm-hmm. I'm going to go to sleep, I'm going to wake up for a day or two, mm. and then when I wake up a third time, there'll be just a duplicate me and the rest of my people will be here. Yeah. She isn't, the, the, I don't know if she necessarily, if she woke up and went, oh shit, I'm now 60 the first time. I mean, how long had it been the first, it was like six, 3,000 years? It was 3.3 thousand years and 6.6 so there had to have been some aging that happened but that's i'm like saying because how many questions would i ask if i'm going to go into this in terms of if i just hear i'm going to go into stasis Mm -hmm. i may in my head realize not realize i'm going to be slowly aging yeah i'm just going to be frozen and i'm just going to wake up yeah because that's that's what Honestly, most of the time you see in science fiction films. Yeah. And at that well, point... No, none of us really think about what it's like to be asleep yeah. without dreaming. Yeah. Like you just... It's like It's just passes. wake back up. Yeah. So that's why it's oh. like, in my head... I think my brain just blew screen. <laughs> Restart it. Oh, God. Okay. So in the present, Weir tells her that it worked. The city yeah. was saved. The life that Weir gave, the, 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 the reason, the goal that Weir gave her entire life for has mm-hmm. worked. And Weir Prime is like, I didn't give my entire life. Damn. We're the same person. The best part of Weir Prime's life is just beginning in Weir. She's exploring uh, a new brain. <laughs> she start, she's exploring a new galaxy. She is years ahead of her. She tells Weir to just trust herself. All that matters is right now. And she wrote the note in case she didn't survive. And she's like, did Rodney figure it out? Each one of those gate addresses is an outpost with a ZPM. And as Weir wakes John and McKay up to tell them that, Mm -hmm. at the exact same time, we hear and we see Weir Prime die with her mission complete. Fuck. On the balcony, Weir has Weir Prime's ashes in the pot that John gave her, and she spreads some in the wind over the city that she helped save, or single-handedly saved. I want to make it clear that when my ashes get spread, yeah. spread all of them. 
Unless y'all want them for some weird craft project, please do not put me up on a shelf somewhere. Just unless you're going to like, take, we're going to take this and turn yeah. it into like some sort of rock or uh-huh. something. Yeah. So John comes out. They're going to start their mission briefing. Yep. Uh, Weir's like, just, I'll be right there. Mm-hmm. Give me like a minute. And she goes, actually, just give me some time. Yeah. And she looks out over the city. Yeah, she's learning. Uh, I love this episode. I knew you would. I love this. Okay, so uh, I think a lot of people think about this. So it's not so crazy and rare and special. But that idea of like be where your feet are. I may have even talked about it here. I think so. It's something that I I do my best to live with. Yeah. Uh, to the point where mine and Jesse's song mm-hmm. is not a song about being together forever. Yeah. It's literally the name of the song is I like the way this is going. Yeah, Meaning yeah, yeah. this right here is good. Exactly. Um, another recently we had to do these things for work where we had to pick our song and what our bio song is. Yeah. Like and I can I, pick a single song. Yeah. And I chose, I chose, um, Paul Simon's The Obvious Child because to me, there's a note of just be here now. My favorite is how you were able to pick a specific song. Uh-huh. I don't know if you noticed what I put down. Yeah, you put in the entire Hamilton. I just put the entire Hamilton soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a theme there. There is a theme. Uh, I narrowed it down to like 10 and then picked one. But yeah. this one felt yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of that idea. It's like the past is in the past. This is what here is now. Mm-hmm. Whatever I've done then, whatever I'm going to do next, it just is. Yeah. So just be here, mm-hmm. which is almost like the opposite of time travel thinking, like to be always present. It is. But it's also exactly what time travel is about. But there's also there's also this theory that that. And also the doctor kind of teaches us that, too. It does. He's like, I have the ability to go everywhere. I'm telling you right here, right now is the most important pro- moment right now. And I've gotten I, I had a discussion somehow with someone recently. I don't remember who it was or how the discussion formed, but it was this idea that that there's no that's there's not necessarily a time that is the present yeah there is because as soon as a moment happens it's already in the past yep especially the fact that we with how we interact unless you're actually touching something there is always it can be the tiniest minutest of a micro second moment Mm -hmm. but it takes time for light to reach our eyes. It takes yeah. time for sound to hit our ears. So everything we're interacting is technically in the past. It's like the past, the now, and the future yeah. is maybe the more appropriate yeah. way to think and of it. And the now is... Is a combination. The now is something that you can't measure. It's, yeah. It's so instantaneous, it almost doesn't exist. Yeah. Uh, so that's the moment that yeah. we're trying to grab. That's the magic that we're trying to hang on to. And, and honestly, for, for those of us who work through anxiety or deal with things that, if you think on them too hard, mm-hmm. can overwhelm you, the idea of, like, where are these diseases going to take me? Yeah. How long do I have? Yeah. Which one's next? Am I going to... Yeah, I, you know, lately I've been thinking about getting tested for the Alzheimer's gene because it's yeah. in the family. And it's one of those where it's like, well, make peace with just live this now. Yeah. Because that's all we've got. At the end of the day, 
this sense of humanity is so real and this world that we live in can be so dark sometimes, but there's a lot to it. So every moment that we have in it. Every morning that you wake up alive, you've kicked death in the face. Yes. Told death to fuck off another night. Yeah. Hey, (laughs) not today, motherfucker. Exactly. Uh, So it's just this idea. It just, um, you can pull at it too hard and it can be scary Mm -hmm. but if you if you look at it just right it's very soothing yes just exist just Just, exist yes and and do your best to exist this is my number one number one number one number one um i'm debating whether i drop 38 minutes or suspicion i am adding this on my list i am Uh dropping suspicion off my list and i am actually adding it um, after the, actually, I'm adding this after rising. So it's still before 38 minutes. Yeah. So it sounds like we have similar weak spots. If you've got 38 minutes at I the end. I still love freaking 38 minutes. Yeah. So much. It's good. Yeah. Um, suspicion felt like it was going to take us somewhere that we never actually went. Okay. So I'm happy to drop it. All righty. Keeping the storm in the eye at number five. For yes. You. Uh, before I sleep, poisoning the well, rising, 38 minutes, storm in the eye. Yeah. Wow, this was deep. I didn't mean to get that deep at the end. It's but all good. It's been a hell of a week. Be kind to each other. Yes. Um, I'll leave it there. Yeah. Just be kind to each other. So um, for the next couple months, our stick with me and just go with what we say we're going to cover next because... Oh. <laughs> The order of our episodes, we like to bounce SG-1 Atlantis, SG-1 Atlantis, but we don't want to cut up any multi-part episodes, and we have a couple of them coming up, so... And we're getting to the end of the season, Which right? is part of why there's some stuff. So Got it. The next two episodes of SG-1, it, Reckoning 1 and 2, we're going to cover those in order. So the next two weeks are going to be SG-1, yep. um, and then we'll cover two episodes of Atlantis. They are not a two-parter, but we'll cover two just to stay in order with each other. Okay. And then we'll have a single episode of SG-1 and a single episode of Atlantis. And then we go into the end of the season arcs. Ah! Which SG-1 has a two-part arc and Atlantis has a three-part arc that stretches into the beginning of next season. Ah! So it's a little, it's going to be a little convoluted. Just uh, hang on to your butts. Hang on to your butts. There's a method to my madness. Um, but if if you look at sort of the... We'll, we'll constantly give you a heads up the week yeah. before. So next week we are doing SG-1. Yeah. The next two weeks will be SG-1 Reckoning Part 1 and 2. Got it. Yeah. Next week, we'll see you with SG-1 Reckoning Part 1. Until then, and dos. be kind to each other. And Please rewind. We love you guys. And find us on Twitter at Terra Podcast. Facebook at There's No Place Like Terra. Email us at There's No Place Like Terra.com. Gmail. Wait. Patreon. Slash There's No Place Like Terra. <laughs> like us and rate us. Review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you stream things if you find us on other things. And we will see you next week. Um, okay, bye.